going? We're going very, very well. We have had a good request this morning that you are keen to talk about power. I just said I'd like to give you about a minute to do so. So here comes a clock that goes for about a minute. Prime Minister, what do you want to tell us about power? $1.9 billion invested in new energy technology, which is going to create 35,000 jobs. It's going to mean we can produce steel, we can produce aluminium, we can do our farming, uh, we can do manufacturing, and all of these businesses with lower emissions, lower costs, and new technologies which is going to put Australia at the top of the pack. Okay. So big investment, and off we go. That's okay, very well he, done. He did it under a minute. He well did. done. Will it get you a new phone? Because this one's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I need to power up my phone. <laughs> yeah. um, it's part of the reason why you want to kind of talk about all of this stuff is just distract from COVID and the borders and everything that's happening because that seems to be the one thing everyone wants to talk to you about. Well, I understand that, that is what people want to talk about. That's what's happening right here and now. But the, the work of government keeps going. I mean, the rest of the world doesn't stop and we need to continue to invest in getting be- better energy technologies for the future, for the jobs. I mean, this is all a part of our plan to create jobs as we come out of this COVID recession. And uh, yeah, we've got JobMaker, we've got JobKeeper, all the support we're putting in at record levels. But uh, as we grow out of this recession, then we need uh, lower emissions, lower cost technologies to support the jobs in manufacturing and so many other industries. And and, uh, and that's why we're doing this. Oh, so he's, you, he's, you're going to be able sneaking, to walk and chew gum at the same time. He, he's sneaking back to the power again, Robin. He's trying to get <laughs> extra time on the power. But, Scott, it's an interesting question. I was sitting around with my three sons at dinner last night. Now, they're 16, 18 and 20. And quite innocently, one of them asked me, and we were watching the news and we were seeing you on there and we were seeing all about the JobKeeper and, and all that sort of stuff. And he said to me, who's going to pay for this, Mum? Like, what's going to happen? And I said, I guess my straight answer was, I think you are, mate. What would you say? Like, how we get... There is so much money being spent by the government. Where's the stop button and who is going to pay for it? Well, all of it is temporary um, for the things like JobKeeper and JobSeeker, those immediate things that help people get through. And that was one of the key rules that we put in place for those programs for the exact reason that your son has asked that question. These things can't go off into the never-never and they have to be wound down and we have to move on from them. But it is also true that if we don't take the action we are now, then our economy will be even worse hit and it will cost us even more over the longer term. People are out of jobs for too long, and then they can stay out of jobs for longer, and that means there'll be more people on welfare in the future. Um, What can happen in these crises is it's called scarring. That means people stay out of work, they lose their skills, and it's harder for them to come back. So what we're doing is investing to ensure that we don't have those longer-term impacts. It's tough. It's going to be hard. The only way you pay it all back is by growing your economy again and getting people back into jobs, and that's why those energy investments? Oh, got back the energy again. <laughs> <laughs> Cut it out. Oh, you're a shocker. But it is kind of true that in 2050, when he's a 50-year-old man, they're potentially still going to be paying the taxes to pay this stuff back. Well, that'll depend on what many governments do between now and then. But I can assure you, I mean, what we're doing is that right now, but um, we will be um, ensuring that, uh, you know, we don't have these big programs uh, of income supports running forever. And the truth is Australia's economy is, is faring better than almost any other developed economy in the world. We're doing better than New Zealand, better than Canada, better than um, the United Kingdom, and France, and Spain, oh, and the Netherlands. And why do we Sweden, hook that, why do we hook that power on. back in? That's going to be excellent as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we're, we're beating them on renewable energy. Oh, <laughs> there there it is. Okay, one, one more thing. One more thing. Borders is a huge debate. I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all, playing the emotion card on funerals at the moment. I'll tell you why. It sent me away to stats to study things. 30,000 people die in Queensland every year. 
that means 600 funerals a week. That means even with 100 people at a funeral, 6,000 people are going to be involved. There's going to be stories. There's going to be terrible emotional stories singly. But Scott Morrison, would you take responsibility if someone came across to a funeral short of quarantine, got involved in family transmission, which is the that's the biggest grower of this virus, would you take responsibility for that outburst and what it did to the Queensland economy? Well, all I was doing last week was privately raising one case of someone who'd come from the ACT where there had been no cases for more than 60 days. So I think the health argument there was pretty sound. I raised it privately with the Premier. He chose to make it public in the Parliament. I, I can't help that. But didn't you raise it privately um, with Ray Hadley too? Not I'm going to not talk on the radio. No, <laughs> that was after the Premier had raised it publicly in the Parliament right. and it accused me of something, frankly, quite outrageous. I didn't take this matter public. I, I sought to raise it privately as I've raised many other issues privately with the Premier and correspondence and and uh, it was not my wish for that to become a public matter. And I'm sorry that it became one, but I, I, I can't control what the Premier raises in Parliament. But the thing is, Scott, and I guess, I mean, you know, you more than anyone else would know this, the borders are the biggest issue. And most, uh, a lot of Queenslanders are really happy with our numbers and are really supportive of the fact that we do have all the sporting codes here because our numbers are down. Do you really well, no, want... No one, sorry. No, 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 I was going to say, I mean, do you really want, if you were the Premier, would you open the borders now? Well, I haven't asked her to do that. That's no, not but what I've would asked you? To do. But would you? No, well, what I would do is have a sensible rule about where people can come from, and I'd have that based on the medical science. And even the, um, the figures that were talked about, um, that they said you'd need to go 28 days without a case. Well, Canberra's gone more than 60 days without a case, and people from ACT still can't come in. And then there's the issue of the double standards. I don't have an issue with there being a border. I've never asked the Premier to take the border down. I've just said to have sensible rules that are, that are, that are put in place, that people understand how, how they work and what the medical grounds for them are, and there's not double standards. Okay. That's, that's all. I think, I think Queenslanders are fair-minded people. I get it, but they like the border. But borders aren't the only thing that's going to protect you from the virus. Contact tracing. Look at New South Wales. New South Wales has contact tracing at industrial levels, and they've had uh, more risk to their system in New South Wales and even in Victoria. And uh, cases are under control in New but, but South Wales. Scott, so you're, nev- you're never in an argument in Queensland saying how awesome in New South Wales. I mean, honestly, <laughs> it, here's a personal one for you. It's a, it's a really unlikely one. If the Sharks come from eighth to win the grand final, but the grand final gets transferred to Suncorp, will you try to seek an exemption to come across the border? <laughs> well, um, I, I don't think I would be able to sort of sit on the sidelines uh, for, for two weeks when you're the Prime Minister, so I'd, I don't think that would be a practical thing as much as I'd want to be there. It's all right. They're um, not going to get there anyway. doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> we, we, well, I won't get into an argument with Queenslanders about football. <laughs> um, I think that would be too painful. <laughs> well, thank you so much, for Prime Minister. We do enjoy talking to you, and I think it is important that the people of Queensland hear what you have to say about something that is so passionate to them. Good on you. All the best. It's right.